This is the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Dave's babysitter, Doug Sprinthal. Andy Brent Bernard. Oh, I don't even know if I should call him Cassie Schrader. The other babysitter. Why, are you suddenly not wanting to align yourself with my name? <laughs> A little offended. You have a guy on trying to save marriages, and now she doesn't want to admit who she is. Stay tuned. We've got more coming your way on the Tom Bernard Show. So we were just talking off air about uh, how to get out of leases early. It is a little bit complicated, but oftentimes, sometimes, I don't want to say often, get people's hopes up too high, uh, people actually have equity in their vehicles, even though they've leased them when they get towards the end of their lease. If you have a vehicle you're leasing currently and, you're, and your lease is up in the next four or five months or so, drop me an email at dougatwalzer.com. We can figure out uh, if we can get you out early if you want to, or sometimes we'll buy cars outright and uh, customers walk away with a little bit of money, which is kind of groovy. So check it out. I'm always available at dougatwalzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. See, and you were nervous. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. What is this, Cassie? I've never heard this before. This is called uh, Stolen Dance by Milky Chance. They're kind of... Um... Lame? No, they're not. I love this song. Oh. It's one of those songs that you just like to... Like, if I'm frustrated, I'll play that and I'll just dance. Oh. Dance my oh, worries wow. away. Gentle cues to the husband. Now, when no. I start hearing that song, I know she's frustrated. That's right. And I clean, too. If I'm, like, cleaning, oh, yeah. that means I'm stressed to the gills. When she's mad, she cleans, so we have a lot of fights at home, but I've got a My spotless wife loves cleaning, too. Does she really? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's so tight. It's bad. therapeutic. I don't know. I just I do it when it. I'm stressed. And like last week when we were dealing with Ripley stuff, I just started vacuuming. And, you know, because Dave had to go to the hospital, I had to stay at home with the kids. And so I'm, like, just cleaning the house. I'm cleaning bathrooms. I'm just trying to keep myself occupied. She's sicker than a dog, and she just wanted to go to clean the bathroom. <laughs> Sarah have that gene in common. Wow. I know it's crazy. It's just well, I have the I'll deal with it sometime in the future, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> you are a brother in arms. Could my be friend. a long way. <laughs> my wife's like, 
I gotta go down and do the dishes. I'm like, I'll wash the dishes in the morning. The sink smells like a potty. I said, well, I'll take care my of it in the morning. The I can't live the night knowing my sink is like that. My wife has the nose of a bloodhound. I'll come home. She'll be watching TV downstairs, and I'll walk. I won't, I'll be 15 feet away from her, and she goes, did you have red onions? Like, wow. Mm. No. <laughs> my girlfriend did, though. Wow. No. Yeah. Wow. I have a girlfriend. I love my wife. Very good. Nice comeback. <laughs> she listens, though. I know. I'm aware. Uh, hey, since we're talking of uh, fun lunches and snack foods, how about this? Oreo's newest flavor won somebody $500,000. All right, now, are you guys keen on these, like, the potato chips? You can go out and, and vote which potato chip flavor you like best. There again, I've got other stuff to do. Do you? <laughs> vote for potato I'm chips. Kind of, potato chips are big in my world, so they I are? like to have a hand in knowing that maybe the flavor I want. Yeah, Lay, I think it was Lay's potato chips did that. I like the cheeseburger potato chips because I always See, put my I'm chips on my cheeseburger. I, somebody yeah. brought in some $5 donuts from some donatorium. Uh, wow. the well, you know, you've seen they've kind of yes, popped up, right? They're high yeah, end donut of these places. Stupid cupcake Here in the shops. West End, there has to be a few of them with right. a spinning distance. So, and so the last one was, and I bit it, and it had a, a, a potato chip on the top, and it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich donut. It was the most disgusting thing I've seen. Sounds eaten. pretty bad. Well, see, see, I like to put plain potato chips on my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But this was a donut. Yeah, I don't. I think it'd be <laughs> a little too. A donut. Just a little well, they, too much sweetness. How about when they were making the uh, the uh, donut sandwiches? Like you could get a donut burger. Yeah, just in case the regular burger wasn't healthy enough. like double depth charges <laughs> in between Krispy Kremes, right? I remember that. I got no problem with that. I quit. I haven't smoked pot in almost thirty years, so I, that's no, sort we'll come of on over this weekend. <laughs> We'll we get stoned, eat some, eat some donuts, and then go to the zoo and look at the animals. Oh, we'd I, come up with in our kitchen if we were all smoking pot. I was, I was 22 and went to a buddy's in uh, North Dakota. I went, went up with him to um, Mitchell, South Dakota. Oh, South Dakota, that's where I was, Mitchell. And we hooked up with a buddy of his. Isn't that his, where the corn palace is? Yes. And we get in there, and he goes, hey, we're going to go over to my, my buddy Allen's house. We're going to watch Purple Rain. He's got one of those massive screens. I'm like, cool. So we go in, and his like wall is lined with speakers. And mind you, I mean, this is a long time. This yeah. is 30 years ago. So this guy had like the cutting-edge technology. It was still one of those big screens that you had to kind of sit in the center. If you right. got on the sides, it got too dark. Yeah. But but we got in there, and then he goes, uh, my buddy Tom goes, hey, do you have any weed? And he goes, eh, not much. And he goes, well, come on, man. Come on. Just come on. So he comes out with a little baby jar and a one-hit inside the baby jar. Packs it. Everybody takes one hit. And I'm like, one hit? What? I might as well have not smoked, right? right? Come on, one more hit. And he's like, oh, man, this is all I got. So we each get one more hit, and I'm watching the movie. I'm like, two hits, psh, whatever. And there's that scene where uh, Morris Day is hitting on the Apollonia yeah. in, in the alleyway, and then mm -hmm. Prince comes flying in on the motorcycle. And all of a sudden I realized I'm in the alleyway with Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and I can hear the water dripping off the pipes and everything, and I'm like, what is, what's happened to me? Where am I right now? And I don't think we're I look in South over, Dakota anymore. I look over, and, and the other two guys are sitting there, and their mouths are hanging open, and we're all just staring at the screen, and I go, what's going on? And Alan turns to me, and he goes, tie stick. And I go, what's tie stick? And Tom goes, oh, we're in for a long night, boys. So we sat there laughing. We went and an annihilated this guy's kitchen, everything. Oh His wife comes home. 
right? I just hear this bellowing, Alan! And he gets in there, and she's yelling, and she goes, they ate the baby food, Alan! They ate the baby food! (laughs) We were hungry. That's uh, that's why I've I've become the guy on the couch donor, so I just stopped. I can just see you sitting on the couch with a little baby spoon and a Gerber jar. (laughs) Feeling like a giant. (laughs) That is my retirement. Why is the spoon so small? (laughs) That is my retirement plan. Just to to stop selling cars. Just just to get high. Lay on the couch and watch the Simpsons. I don't know. I'll probably stay <laughs> watch the Gerber's. Simpsons. That's awesome. Dude, I think it's just we should binge the whole forty-eight. We years should get together and watch Strange Brew. Okay. And uh, and buy a point. It's legal, of course. Interesting thing about Strange Brew. <laughs> what? What is that story directly ripped off of? And nobody knows the answer. And it took me a while before I figured it out. I don't even know what Strange Brew is. It's Doug and Bob McKenzie in in a brewery up in uh, It's funny that you say Doug first because everybody else knows him as Bob and Doug. I know, but see, you've got to stick up for Doug. It's Hamlet. The story's Hamlet. Oh, sure it is. Because Hamlet takes place in Elsinore Castle, and that's the name of the brewery. Holy cow. And this one, the dad gets murdered by... The wife's uh, or his uncle, right? Right. I mean, it really yep. is pretty yeah, much it's Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Set. Only much funnier. But oh, it's a laugh riot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just bought it on DVD about a week ago. When they're underwater in the van, and yeah. the diver <laughs> they've comes got all down. the bottles floating there, and they're <laughs> knocking the hits on the window. The, and the guy shows him his <laughs> shows him his license. That yeah. is uh, that is one of the true stupid classics. Uh, speaking of true stupid classics, let's get back to the Oreo story here. Uh, hashtag, uh, what is this? Back in April, Oreo announced which of the hundreds of thousands of fan flavor submissions had made it into the finale of their hashtag my Oreo creation contest. The top three were kettle corn. No, thanks. No. Cherry cola. Teeth. Maybe. Yeah, could be all right. Maybe. Pina colada. Yeah. No. No. I don't think pina colada and, and Oreos go together, but I've never been that high. Maybe I'm wrong. And then a good high. I, I'm willing to take that test. The person behind the winning submission will receive five hundred thousand dollars as a grand prize. Well, that's so, a pretty good motivator. Half a mil. That's before taxes, though. So, but you'd still walk with three fifty. Right. But here's the thing. So, I've, I just sent in a bunch of random pina colada, uh, Jameson and ginger yeah. ale. Uh, you know, and you just start. You know, Toe jam and cheese. Right. Throwing out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll do this Toe one," jam. and that's the one they decide to go with. Remind us not to eat at the Sprinthal. <laughs> yes, that's right. Especially if he's Make just a special got a note. cheese spread laid out for us. <laughs> Your toes are amazingly clean. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and today, after a lot of people voted on their favorite of the three, the official fan favorite has been confirmed. So, gentlemen and lady, dun, 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 dun. do you believe it's Pina Colada Oreo Thins? Is it Cherry Cola Oreo? Or is it Kettle Corn Oreo? I would say it's cherry. Probably, it's probably Kettle Corn because cherry. people love sweetness. I say cherry cola. So we have two for cherry cola. Two cherries, one. Andy reigning in with uh, kettle corn Oreos. Mm-hmm. God, the suspense is killing me. <laughs> 100 people surveyed. Top five answers on the bar. <laughs> Number one answer is Looks cherry like it cola. It yeah. is. All right. Yeah. Oh. We were thrilled to see how many fans tasted all three delicious flavors and voted their favorite. To help us choose our grand prize winner, Oreo told Delish after exclusively confirming the winner. That means that Eden F., the one who submitted the winning flavor is about $500,000 richer today. Jeez. Eden is, as it says here, T-H-R-I-L-L-E-D, spelled out with dashes Thrilled. and everything, about this natch. And also oh, told Delish Cherry Cola wasn't even her first submission. I think my first entry was Orange Cola. Mm. But that is... 
So I'll tell a quick story about my wife. They make cherry vodka. My Ooh, wife loves yes. that. She drinks it with mixed with Dr. Pepper, uh-huh. which sounds awful, but it's actually pretty no, good. As cherry long as Dr. Pepper is yeah, good. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> so she named it. She calls it a streetwalker because it's something that's low class and stuff. So nice. And she'll wow. ask me to make street one. Streetwalkers, you can send your hate mail to Doug at Walzer or Chevrolet. Can you go get me a little streetwalker, honey? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> sure, sure, dear. <laughs> nice. Filipino uh, or wow. the usual Norwegian? <laughs> the usual Norwegian. Are there a lot of Norwegian streetwalkers in, in your neck Rosemont? of the woods? Oh, yeah. They're yeah. all over the place. They're, all, they're just hanging out in abundance? They're disguised by as caribou. retired people walking up and down the street, but pretty sure. I thought maybe you were finding them a caribou. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, sweet sodas and popsicle and fresh fruit. All of those juicy sweet flavors like orange, grape, lime, and cherry, she continued. Right, so she just submitted every yeah. known sweet flavor. Yeah. And she wins $500,000. I might sound bitter, and it's probably because I'm bitter. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. And, it's, and if it's a PR stunt, it's terrible because yeah. not once, I think, did you mention the... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Oreo. Yeah. Not uh, right. no, once okay. did I mention it. It's been <laughs> no, throughout the whole story. Now, you know, Are you sure you haven't gotten high lately? 30 years ago. Uh, Oreo, uh, that's at this Oreo, if it's still on the shelves near you, won't be for sale much longer. Only time will tell if Cherry Cola Oreos will be back permanently. Huh. See, I like the, you know which one is my favorite of the vodka is the birthday cake vodka ah. with 7-Up. I'm I'm, I will admit I'm a girl drink drunk. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The Give sweeter, the fruitier. Oh, pants pop it in. Right oh, off. yeah, it is. I'm easy. Right. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Yeah, we have Easiest like rum chata in our fridge right now. Don't judge. Oh, rum chata. Yeah. You drink bourbon, David. <laughs> have some bourbon. I, I like Jameson and ginger ale. Is it the ginger ale that, that softens it for me, though? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I drink Long Island iced teas. Oh, you are a man. She yeah. is. <laughs> She'll put down two or three and then think she can walk straight. I call her my baby giraffe. My ex Because she walks like she's brand new out of the womb, long legs <laughs> twisting in the wind. My ex got a DWI on those things. Drank <laughs> okay. about five of them. She got yeah. busted in our garage. Oh, right. She got <laughs> busted in your garage? Had she gone through it? Is that what got her busted? I woke up and I'm like, where the hell is she? And so I'm wandering around. And this is 30 some years ago. And I smoked. So I left the lights on and I went down to the uh, gas station because I was out of cigarettes. And I come back and cars in the garage and nowhere to be found. Now I'm a little bit worried, obviously. Right get the call about 20 minutes later from the cops yeah you know come down and pick your wife up <laughs> did you say do i have to yeah she was yeah it wasn't it was not good well it's funny because like when i drink long islands i can drink one not feel anything drink two and then all of a sudden after that second one yeah, it'll don't hit drink me. five because oh, then that. what happens when you're at the police station, your <laughs> husband comes to pick you up, you just start bitching at him and then tell him the cops they better follow his home because there's going to be a domestic. Wow. Yeah, well, wasn't you lucky guy. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a nice person when I'm drinking. She thinks she's a nice person. No, I am. I'll show you the, I, I'll show you the bruises. We've talked about the many stages of my drunkenness. <laughs> she, is, uh, she is funny, though, because she, she has drinking amnesia. She always forgets that it's after the second one she should stop. And then she's like, right. oh, I could tackle a third one. And then seems surprised when she realizes I shouldn't have had a third one. Dorothy L. Parker famously said, I love a martini, two at the most, three I'm under the table, four I'm under the host. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 
she gets uh, she'll throw them down. She can drink with the best of them. Meanwhile, awesome. I'm teetotaling in the background. Yeah. But I've said I, I get I'm an angry drunk. If I, once I cross the line from love to anger, there's no Start pulling me back. Breaking so I wrists. just figure it's yeah, yeah safer to just sit at a distance and enjoy watching every other moron do stupid things. I had my time as a moron. I'm I'm, I'm totally fine now with backing Wait, off. Oh, I said I want... had my time, and Andy side glanced. Me. <laughs> Don't think I didn't notice that. I go, I, I used to be stupid, and you did this to me, Doug. Yeah. Used to <laughs> be. Wait, you sit and watch me. I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, when's our next guest? It's, uh, no, honey, I, but I like people watching. You know that, and especially when they're drunk people watching. Yeah, I know. It's fun to just watch people do <laughs> silly, ridiculous things, and I've had my time doing that. Yeah, yeah I, I have, too. Yeah. There's nothing worse than getting to that point where you're begging God to just get you through the night. God, hey, my I'm 20s, my best friend oh. and I used to just once or twice a week, we'd go deep. I mean, deadly deep. Yeah. Really? So I'll tell you a quick, a quick story. Uh, they just minute, invented quick. kamikazes. Oh, we bet this yep. is more than a minute. Show. Is it? Yeah. Well, we'll I have a quick one, then time. I'll do mine, and okay. then we'll come back with yours. Yeah, when we were in Michigan last year, <laughs> I drank so many Long Islands, and <laughs> Dave showed me a video the next day. Apparently, it was me versus my suitcase, and I couldn't. She did not win. Samsonite won. She did not win. I couldn't get it to turn around, and I like fell into my suitcase. It was, oh my god! Being the good husband I am, I was videotaping the whole thing instead of offering one iota of help. I got a buddy of mine peed in a refrigerator at a party because he thought he was in the bathroom. <laughs> God, this was do a not check, This was a Do not check ago. the crisper drawer then, right? Oh, gross. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Let's, uh, we'll come back and hear Doug's drunken revelry stories and talk about uh, 24 karat gold dipped chicken wings and more fun. When we return, I'm Dave Schrader filling in. This is the Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over 77 pounds, and I have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. If you are a homeowner, you do not want to miss this free event. We are hosting a free seller workshop where we are going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. Plus, we are going to share our proven systems that will instantly put the control back in your corner. Guarantee yourself the results you deserve when it comes time to sell your house. Our exclusive workshop will be sold out shortly, so call now to secure your free ticket by calling 763-401-SOLD or by visiting sellerworkshop.com. This free seller workshop will be held the week of August 6th. The last workshop sold out very fast, so hurry and call Chris Lindahl Real Estate today to save your free ticket. So call now, 763-401-SOLD, or visit sellerworkshop.com for times, locations, and to secure your free ticket. Okay, you know how it works. Uh, I don't promote people that aren't the real deal or don't do the right thing. This is not a 
bare bones situation at all. And the best part is it's free. Okay, so here goes the story. Yes. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. It's this drinking time. had to be 82 or 3, and they had just invented kamikazes. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine and I are at the, uh, the joint, which is right next to uh, the caboose, and they had 25-cent kamikaze nights. Well, we were sitting at a table about this size and pretty much figured out after 10 each that they were fake drinks, but they tasted pretty good, so right. we kept drinking them. Sure. Um, I woke up five in the morning naked in my bathroom with my arm over the toilet, having no idea how I got there. This is the winter time. Went back to the caboose parking lot the next day and saw my forlorn 68 Olds Cutlass with the door open a little bit and the dome light sort of blinking as the battery <laughs> died. And got the car home and I called Mike next day. I said, man. I don't think those were fake drinks. And he goes, I'm pretty definite they weren't. Just so you know, I get three in a cab, and that's how you get home. I was like, oh, how'd you do? Now, Mike is my size, but he's in really good shape. Builds houses for a living. Big, handsome guy. He's always had the one great girlfriend there after another. And he's living with a, in South Minneapolis uh, with a gal who's you know really petite. She's mm-hmm. maybe five feet tall. And he goes, oh, man, I had kind of a rough night. I woke up you know, about 3 in the morning. I'm like, shoot, the roof's leaking. And I realized, wait a minute, it's winter time. Damn it, beat the bed. But I had a plan. So I was going to pick Sue up, carry her into the guest room, put her in the bed, and then make the bed, and then bring her back. It was working perfectly until I tripped over the cat and dropped her in the hallway. Oh, jeez. Oops. <laughs> I'm surprised I survived my 20s. Yeah. Well, I, Tim and I, uh, my co-host over on, on uh, Beyond the Darkness, we went to college together. So we used to drink all the time hanging out. And I can't remember something. That ha- some bad news had come our way. So we both went to the local liquor store. I bought a bottle of Cuervo Gold Especial, and he bought a bottle of Jack Daniels. And not a little bottle. I mean, they were the good, good-sized bottles. And we were just – Tim can drink like nobody's business. He would just lift it and <laughs> – for a whiskey, and I can't do that. Jack Daniels, Southern Comfort, There's that sting gets me, right? So he would oh, just... as opposed to the smooth taste of straight Cuervo shots? I, like, I do like Jose Cuervo. Yeah. So I'm just like chugging out of the bottle. We go downtown, and it, that was one of those nights, too, where I have no clue. I remember specifically I had a box of Ritz Bits in one hand, and I had my bottle of Cuervo Gold in the other that was coming near the end. And I walked into one of the nightclubs. And he goes, you can't come in here with that. Those are okay, but that you can't come in with. So I set the bottle down. I go, keep an eye on it. He goes, sure. And then I go, um, he goes, it's it's $5 cover. I go, and I put out my hand, and he, he opens up his hand, and I pour the Ritz bits into the palm of his hand. <laughs> and I fold his fingers over, and I give him the finger guns. And I walk in, and they just start laughing, and he starts Oh, my God, them. it works? I walk in. Oh, he knew I was in trouble. Oh, So man. I get in, and I get to a high top. And Usually I'm, the bouncers don't like completely hammered morons walking I, into the I was Not that you were a moron. No, I was. But I was so just I'm, I was at the happy drunk stage. Okay. So I go, and I, I do the, the thinker pose on one of the high tops, right? And I'm just kind of sitting there with my box of Ritz bits. And then I remember seeing a girl, and I dragged her over to my table. She walked by, I grabbed her by the hand, brought her over to my table, and offered her Ritz bits because that's what you do. It worked once. Yeah. Why wouldn't it work and twice? And then black. I remember nothing other than her grabbing a handful of Ritz bits and black. Then I wake up, for lack of a better term, and I'm on the dance floor, which will prove to you just how drunk I am because I don't dance. 
and I'm out on the dance floor and lights are going and I'm listening to some stupid eight, like flock, new kids on the block or some nonsense, right? And uh, lights go out, lights come back on, and I'm at my table talking to two other people. And I remember consciously going, what is happening right now? Who's driving the ship? And like that, I, I lights went out at the end of the night and I woke up. My clothes are strewn up the stairs, and I'm sleeping at the top of my stairs. And so my you left the trail, laughing. so you can yeah. find out your way to the outside. Yeah, I had to, in case, yeah. And making sure, I, at least I got into the right house. Yeah. So that was a, an upside. So my roommates all find me naked and asleep at the top of the stairs, clothes strewn around. But, uh, yeah, that, that bothers me, because you really, who's driving the, the ship at those moments? Yeah. Who's yeah. piloting? Because I got home from downtown, which was, you know, about a half-mile walk. In uh, Winona, on a full bottle of tequila, I think it was the Ritz Bits that saved my life that night. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Wow. Right? Ritz, uh, what else could be soaking up that liquor to not have killed me? I, only you would be saved by Ritz Bits. <laughs> <laughs> These gold chicken wings might be too glitzy to dip. They don't even look appetizing. Look at this. Have you seen these? No. An order of 50 wings comes with a bottle of champagne for just $1,000. Oh. Here's where to get him, Andy, in case you're thinking, you know what? Dad's birthday's coming up. I should take him out for a nice meal and a drink. When you think of hitting the town for a fancy dinner, chicken wings are probably not the first option that come to mind, while crispy and spicy buffalo wings and sweet and sticky barbecue wings are all finger-lickingly good and delicious. It's that messy factor that usually gets in the way of an elegant dining experience. But if you're looking to class up your wing game or just have an excuse to make wings the object of your splurging tendencies, Upscale Lounges and Sports Bar, the Ainsworth, has you covered with its gold-covered chicken wings. The shiny wings and drumettes start by being soaked in a coconut butter, chipotle, and honey batter for 24 hours before being fried and finished off with a dusting of gold flakes. Of course, blue cheese comes on the side, so you can dip them in that if you so choose to. The menu item is a collaboration between the Ainsworth and Jonathan Shaban, a.k.a. Food God. You may recognize Shaban's name and face from his appearances on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which means I'm probably I've mispronouncing his that. name. His Food God w website is dedicated to showcasing trendy and over-the-top treats, and the accompanying Instagram accounts boast over 2.6 million followers. 2.6 million followers. According to a representative, the Food God 24-karat wings are available in three tiers. 10 wings for $30. 20 wings for $60. 50 wings plus a bottle of champagne. Armand de Brignac. How do you say it? B-R-I-G-N-A-C. Yeah, Brignac. Bernack, one of them Bernacks, for just $1,000. The Ainsworth has four locations in New York City, Chelsea, Midtown, East Village, and Fidei. Fidei? I'm not a New Yorker. I don't, I don't know. know. Two locations in New Jersey, Hoboken and Newark, and a location in Kansas City, Missouri, with a Nashville, Tennessee outpost set to open soon. The Food God 24-karat wings will debut as a permanent menu item at the Chelsea and East Village locations so what is on the, May 1st. Is it a champagne or wine? It's a champagne. So you, it's got to be what a seven eight hundred dollar bottle of champagne. Got to be to eat with. It's like five hundred. I looked yeah. up. Yeah, that, that, those well, go if you're good gonna, together. I guess you're thinking if you're going to go to the problem of getting fifty wings dipped in gold, you're probably willing to kick in the extra seven hundred for the bottle because at that point you're really trying to look fancy to your friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it. You actually pull it off. I think you'd no? look like a moron. You think? Yeah, I'll 
Here, I have an $800 bottle of champagne and some gold flake chicken wings, please. Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound appetizing. Yeah, because if 10 wings are 30, 20 wings are 60, 50 wings should be like 100 bucks. Yeah. Right? You just order two orders of 30. There you go. Ooh, Save big money. Guy. Look at this guy thinking it through. Right. That is Myth, a pretty good deal. Yeah, let's call him Mr. Edition. Yeah. The thing about gold is it's neurotoxic. Yeah, it's not so. Good for you. Yeah, you're not gonna want to eat much. And I'm wondering if they say like, I'm wondering Sorry. if they're like, okay, you can have these, but don't eat more than five or something like that, because you know someone's gonna order, you know, tons and tons of them. No, don't worry. Then... They, it's not straight gold. They've 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 uh, mixed it with some lead, so it's yeah. okay uh, for the sweetness. <laughs> sort of yeah. a lubricant. Oh, help it slide. Well, go, there's gold flakes and gold schlager, right? I think so. But yeah. there's such a tiny amount. Yeah. Whereas these gold. Wings look like that's a lot of gold. Yeah, layered in gold. But, but it, I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot Why of money. Why do we need that? I don't know. Because people just don't know what to do with people, their money. People are pretentious. They need something. Mm. To Which brings us to our next story. Bethany Frankel says her Real Housewives co-stars can't afford the lives they're living. Wow, there's a shock. Should oh, we start no. feeling bad for them now? Andy, break out the smallest guitar, which are our smallest violin. <laughs> these Bethany rocket Fra- scientists are living beyond their means. <clears throat> Bethany Frankel is spilling stunning. all the tea. The Real Housewives of New York City star sat down for a recent interview with Money Magazine, where she shared some barbed thoughts of her co-stars' lavish spendings. They can't afford the lives they're living, she stated, and if the music stops... They're going to get in some real trouble. During the interview, the 47-year-old also explained how she went from struggling under crushing debt to selling her skinny girl cocktail line for a reported $100 million. Poor lady. To have to sell oh, your business for $100 million. Girl? Not yeah. anymore, she doesn't. She had to settle, Doug, for just $100 million. How's she going to make it? Darn it. Should we start a GoFundMe? I think we should. I used to think the credit card didn't count. Then I consolidated all my credit cards and got a strategic plan to pay more than the minimum each month. <gasps> That's your strategic what? plan? Well, wait. That was a concerted effort, she explained. Yes, dear? Well, no. She's... Don't get any ideas. No, no, no. We're not just going to run them all up and then just pay the minimum. So she uses a credit card and doesn't think she has to pay it back? She's a little out of touch. I guess so. She has $100 million. Yeah. When you get to $100 million, you don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> You don't worry about the thirty bucks or the thousand bucks you dropped on your gold flavored uh, yeah. gold gold dipped. Uh, chicken Sounds wings. like the perfect customer for the chicken, doesn't she? It does. Yeah. yeah. I used. Uh, what does she say here? You you can't put yourself in a position where if the poop hits the fan, you couldn't pay all of your bills at one time. If the world came to an end, I would be able to pay for everything. I might not be left with much, but I can afford what I have. Wow, that's some wow, deep that's thinking. Really. She also, so motivated now. she also shared her business philosophy with the publication, stating, I don't lollygag. You know, if you're that person who's really going to be Michael Phelps and not look to the left or to the right and just go to that wall before anybody else. Oh, my God. Oh God. The wall of what? Being spoiled? Know. Yeah. The somewhat scandalous interview taking aim at her co-stars arrives roughly a week after Frankel's good friends and executive producer on the show, Andy Cohen, admitted to E.T. that he's convinced the rest of the Real Housewives, who include Ramona Singer, Sonia Morgan, Carol Radzili, well, I can't even say this name, Radzawil, uh, Dorinda Medley, and Tinsley Mortimer, Tinsley Mortimer and Luanne de Lesseps, who unfortunately skipped the season 10 reunion, are out to bring her down. 
I watched part okay. of one of the upcoming season ten reunion so on the plane interesting. today. This thing has actually lasted ten years, uh, and that's just one of them. Aren't there like four? There are a bunch. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know how. Do you really care? Who watches these? I, I, I have never be. watched one episode there of is Real Housewives. Orange County, New York City, Atlanta, New Jersey, D.C., Beverly Hills, Miami, Potomac, and Dallas. All right, we're getting Catherine together. We're going to get your wife, my wife, Annie. You want to throw your uh, your betrothed into this mix with us and we'll do the Real Housewives of Minnesota? Get Alex in on us? That would be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they made know. me so mad. Today I'm not even going to put all the tater tots in the hot yeah, dish. Yeah, that's too expensive, you know. <laughs> I don't get the hot dogs with the fillers. I like to go straight beef. Oh, they're so spicy, too. I oh, tell you. Oh, my Jeez. God. Oh. Hey, it would be riveting television. Yeah, well, it would be something <laughs> to the rest of sure. the country because they wouldn't believe that it was that's real. True. We would talk about rumors and stuff about Carol down at the church. Yeah, and... <laughs> my wife does it. Works at a very large Catholic. Well, at least the, you know, and does a great imitation of the uh, funeral lunch ladies. That oh, oh, yeah. right. oh God, it's hysterical because they're all the young ones, eighty. Yeah. No whippersnapper. Do you hear about that? Uh, in Peru, there was just um, a funeral. Then they went back for the for the uh, wake. Yeah, and eight people died from tainted food at the funeral. Oh, Yikes! No. Yeah. So look at Andy. I got to check happen, that information Sam. out. It was at I least believe, nine dead. Yeah. <clears throat> oh wait, now it's ten. What was it tainted with? That's what I'm wondering. Love, tainted love. Oh, <laughs> organophosphates, aka poison, uh, pesticides. Yeah, like love, really, really hardcore pesticides. Read the article because so he's like, had he, he accidentally grabbed the, the tainted meat and made the meal with it, or tainted food. How do you? Why would you even keep tainted food around in the possibility it could be mistaken for the good stuff? Uh, is that sulfuric acid or is it uh, vanilla extract? <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> I put them in a similar bottle so I could forget. Right. Wow. Yeah. So they're up to ten people now. Mm-hmm. That's tragic. That is absolutely tragic. Wash uh, your vegetables, people. Yeah, no it doubt. never happened in St. Elizabeth's. <laughs> We're going to take a break, <laughs> well, and uh, in a few seconds, when we come back, David Arnold will be joining us, promoting his uh, show, Yellowstone Live, and his book, Help from Above, How I Went from Sweeping the Floor to Painting the Sky. Have, do, have you ever been to Yellowstone? We talked about it. I know earlier, but did you did yes. you say you actually yes. went? Sorry. Remember when I talked about the bison? You'd see the first one, you get all excited, and then oh, a thousand yes, yes, later, you're right. ready to run them over. I'm lucky I can even remember my name. It's okay. Doug. I'm sorry I blew up. I can't remember my own story. <laughs> you, you're so easily You're off spun the rails, Doug. Yeah, I know. I'm going crazy. <laughs> Doug, just get some medical marijuana and calm down. Don't ever... Don't ever do that to a woman. They don't like Oh, it. I know. What, the pointing of the finger yes, or the calm hey, down? Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> calm down, honey. Yeah, don't. No, I've been Girls throat punched twice. like that. Not stop, by me. Stop PMSing, honey. <laughs> oh, that's stop another good it. line. <laughs> oh, God. All right, David Arnold, next when we return. I'm Dave Schrader. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. 
And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I like when the wife gets all artsy with the music choices leading into the next guest. Wish I could play the whole song. Go ahead. Beautiful we'll harpsichord. Yes, it is. You don't hear that in any good music nowadays, There's do you? There's a reason. No. <laughs> I think they actually have the a five-day waiting period the if you want to buy one. The glockenspiel <laughs> and harpsichord, <laughs> two very underappreciated tools. Joining us now, David Arnold is here, Yellowstone Live, the show. His book, Help from Above, How I Went from Sweeping the Floor to Painting the Sky. Thank you very much for joining us, David. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I love the music, by the way. Oh, thank you. Wow, look at that. She's like she's tapped in. <laughs> Ass kisser. I know, right? <laughs> he, know, he knows who booked her or who booked him for the show. Uh, David's first book tells the unlikely story of mistakes and miracles that took him to some of the world's most dangerous places on Earth, soaring through the clouds straight into a deadly phenomenon known as the Dead Man's Curve. Buckle up for an adventure in stormy skies of deadliest catch and a helicopter ride through the amazing race, World Series, and Super Bowl. Wow, this sounds like a pretty impressive life, David. We were talking about uh, skydiving earlier. It sounds like you've got everybody beat. <laughs> well, you know, I've had a very interesting career, for sure. And I never talked about my work for over 20 years. Never said a word to anyone about where I go or what I do. Uh, and now, by writing the book, Help From Above, I'm starting to tell some of the stories of what I see every day at our office. And speaking of skydiving, uh, last year we did the first ever skydive where a man jumped out of an airplane from 25,000 feet without a parachute. How did that end up? I was the most scared I have ever been just watching this guy because he didn't, he didn't wear a parachute. Uh, not even a not, no no plan B no backup. He he jumped out of the airplane over five miles high, and what he had done was he built a net uh, that was suspended between construction cranes, and the net was probably looked like about a hundred yards square, and he just aimed himself as he fell down to to kind of guide himself over that net, and he landed in the net. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Yikes, man! That's a bad time for a gust of wind to come along. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. My my pilot, because we were in an airplane beside him at 25,000 feet, and my pilot told me they were from the military, and they said, you know what, we're not even sure we want to see this, because uh, every, everybody was just afraid of what was going to happen. 
Wow, sounds so that like was, that was another another day at the office. Yeah, that's right. Boy, do you have to go home and like nap for three days after that kind of adrenaline rush watching somebody do something like that? Ooh, I, I was just so worried, and and for a while they threatened him. The union had shut down the show and said he has to wear a parachute. You know, the union safety officers had right. had shut down the work work uh, site, and at the last second they pulled their denial and said, okay, if he wants to jump without a parachute, he can do it. And that's, so that's what happened. So okay. how, how long was he free falling? It had to have been close to 10 minutes, wouldn't it be? It was a long time. Uh, so when he came out of the airplane, he was on oxygen. And you can look this up. It was called Heaven Sent. And it's one of the, he's one of the world's top skydivers. His name is Luke Aikens. And he does all kinds of stunt work for Red Bull. And um, and so this was something that he designed, which was a stunt where he would jump out of an airplane from very high up <clears throat> with no parachute and land on, on top of a net. I think I'd want to do a lot of work for Johnny Walker and not Red Bull if that we're yeah. going to do that. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I, I hope he had a shot of that before he went up. <laughs> it's like that old joke about the guy that jumps out with the parachute and like, you're 5,000 feet, you're going to die. Don't worry about it. You're down to... 2,000 feet, don't worry about it. You're down to 200 feet, don't worry about it. You're down to 10 feet. Ah, I can jump from 10 feet, right? (laughs) (laughs) That is, uh, wow, that would be something. So uh, cinematographer, um, you've had a chance to see all of these amazing things. And I know, what was it, um, for four days in August, uh, National Geographic Yellowstone Live uh, is, is, Talk to us a little bit about the program. What What is the idea behind it and taking on a journey to learn about this this parkland? Well, the, the amazing thing about Yellowstone Live is the fact that they did an entire live television production in the middle of one of the most remote wildernesses in the United States. Um, the Yellowstone Park is about 2 million acres with nothing in it. It's, it's uninhabited. So... To, to basically do a TV show like you would at Monday Night Football for the Vikings, but to do it without any electrical outlets and no cell service and no <laughs> no infrastructure was really astounding how they did it. When, when we were flying over the park, our pictures were traveling 63 miles from our helicopter live down to the satellite truck in the middle of the park. Big, uh, but and I know having been a part of a live TV show a couple of times, that, that's a lot of production and a lot of people. And I can't, man, and we were in a populated area. I can't even believe what it would be like to try to pull off a, a program like that in the middle of nowhere. It, it was really impressive. The whole, you know, so the, the crew that you saw on your, your TV production that you worked on, mm-hmm. um, all of that crew were sleeping in tents in the middle of the park. <laughs> Had wild animals walking through the camps and stuff. <laughs> now, did did I get this right? At, at some point during uh, during this, there was you guys had to, to end up uh, trying to aid to find a missing uh, hiker. We did. So we were filming for the show, and uh, in the middle of everything, the park service called us and said, "Hey, we have a nine one one call. There's a a hiker who's gotten lost and he's stranded and doesn't think he's going to make it out." And Here's the, his cell phone is, has a little bit of battery life in it. Here's the lat long, uh, latitude and longitude from his GPS of where he's currently uh, hunkered down. So we flew to that location. We dropped all of our filming, shut everything down. We flew to his location 
and um, we just everyone just looked out the, the windows of this helicopter to try and find this guy because it's it's extremely dangerous. It's a real life and death situation. He'd been out there for two days, uh, no food and water. Um, and when we started searching for him, the pilot looks down. He goes, oh, that's not good because the trees and the area that he was in were all shredded by grizzly bears. Wow. They, they, they grab the bottom of these giant trees and they pull the wood apart and they make toothpicks out of these big trees with their claws. And uh, so my pilot's looking down in, in those woods and he goes, oh boy, this guy is in the middle of bear country. And um, so we, we, were, we didn't know how this was going to end. Uh, and we searched right up until dark. And at, at the last glimpse of daylight, uh, he shined his uh, flashlight at us with the, you know how you're, if you have a, a LED flashlight, if you right. hit the button twice, it'll start blinking. Yeah. So he used he used that on us, and we were able to find him in a very thick part of the forest in the middle of Yellowstone Park. Well, that's got to be thrilling and terrifying all at once, and especially knowing the kind of area he was in and the danger level that was around that to be a part of uh, of, of now becoming a rescue effort. Uh, you know, man, talk about a guy being in the right place at the right time for his life to have been a little turned upside down. And you guys were so close to be able to find him. That's remarkable. When I was a young lad, I went backpacking in Glacier Park, Montana. And the mm-hmm. first day we stayed at the base, the ranger station, the campground. Were you high? <clears throat> no. Okay. Later. That we went. <laughs> um, but they sell a book at the ranger station in a little convenience store called Night of the Grizzlies. And it was about grizzly bears that attacked two women 10 years before in that campground and killed them. <laughs> it's like, well, I think I'll, maybe I'll read this later. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I'm out. That's why I don't go into the out of doors, David. I'm a I'm an avid indoorsman myself. Uh, so how how did you go from sweeping floors to painting the sky? How did you uh, get involved in this? Uh, that's a great question. I the number one question that I get when I travel the world for work, um, people look at my equipment, which is extremely sophisticated. It's all computerized and gyro stabilized, and it's a very high tech job that I have, people look at all that equipment and they go, oh, you must have gone to school for this. And I have to laugh a little bit because I didn't go to school for this. I am uneducated in that sense. I, um, I was hired off the street by a technology company. And I found out years later that the reason they, were, they hired me and what they were really looking for, and it, you know, beyond technical skill, they were looking for someone with a good attitude. And I was the kind of a kid who, you know, on my first few days at work would just spend all night sweeping the floor in their shop. And that story is in my book. And I was a little bit out of my comfort zone to be around all of this fancy, complicated equipment that I knew nothing about. But the one thing I knew I could do was I could sweep the floor and make the, make the shop a little bit nicer for the other guys in the in the uh, office and basically you know by by working hard in that way they opened one door after another for me uh and and i found out years later that that was that was what they really wanted was just somebody who would work hard and not complain and i think they knew that they could teach me everything else and then you started moving your way up to to do this and to get out there and 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 catch 
the views that you do? Is it a special eye that it takes or, you know, have we gotten to the point where if you're in the right place and, and you've got a spectacular view like Yellowstone, it's, it's almost hard to miss, uh, you know, good shots. Well, you know, it, honestly, it, it's kind of how you guys make your, your radio show. You know, each, each one of you has something, you know, like a unique skill or talent or mm-hmm. the ability to, to think the right way or just say the right thing at the right time. And being on a helicopter is the same way. You know, I, I'm just a part of a crew, and I really rely heavily on the people that I work with to, you know, use their skills and judgment, you know, in, in a moment like, like we had in and Yellowstone Park, where you know every every we're four people on board the aircraft, and every one of us are are using our experience, and you know hopefully guided by a little intuition to do just the right thing at just the right time to find this guy in the middle of two million acres of wilderness, you know, full of grizzly bears, and uh, at the last second, we pulled it off. The helicopter pilot found a place to land. We climbed over to him and brought him back to the helicopter and, and got him out of there. What What are some of the, and I know time's getting away from us, we have about three minutes left together, but what are some of the, the most unnerving moments for you doing this job? A lot of those moments are in the book. In Help From Above, I talk a lot about, uh, for one thing, my mistakes that I've made along the way, of which there are many. And number two is a lot of times where I get into trouble, and usually my mistakes get me into a terrible life and death situation. And, um, and so deadliest catch, for example, we've had many adventures on deadliest catch because the weather there is, is so deadly. Uh, it's just so many people have been killed in that environment since the show began 14 years ago. Uh, and we have to fly in that weather in a small helicopter. So, um, those have been some of the most uh, scary times where, we're flying over the Bering Sea uh, for Discovery Channel. And you said sometimes it's your mistakes that put you into these positions. What What is something that you've done that you realized, yeah, boy, that was that was closer to death than I've ever wanted to be? Well, there's this there's a story in the book where I'm in Peru and I've I've managed to get myself on the front page of the national newspaper as someone who they reckon has destroyed the national heritage of Peru. And at that exact moment, I don't even have a passport or a dollar to my name because I, I allowed my my money and my wallet and my passport to be shipped to the next city. So I'm stranded with no money, no identification. I'm on the front page of the national newspaper of Peru <laughs> as public enemy number one. And, and it's just one of those moments, which is kind of, unfortunately kind of typical for me, where I've just made one mistake after another to get myself into the worst trouble. And, and then somehow, miraculously, I get out of it. And I think that's why my friend suggested that we call the book Health from Above, because I think some of those stories, you can really see that there's no way that I got myself out of that mess. Very cool. Uh, again, the show is called Yellowstone Live. The book Help from Above, How I Went from Sweeping the Floor to Painting the Sky. David Arnold, thank you so much for stopping by to share your stories with us. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. Thank you very much. You guys stay tuned because in the next hour, Willis Morgan is going to join us. The true story of the Adam Walsh case and police misconduct. Willis has put together a pretty interesting narrative talking about the abduction of Adam Walsh from July 27th, 1981 and who he believes the light should have been shined on from the beginning. 
there was another killer in that area that was not Otis Tool, and uh, that's who they they've hung this crime on. We'll talk about Jeffrey Dahmer and the case of Adam Walsh when we return. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> 